Welcome to the Panoramic Outdoors Podcast, connecting you to all things outdoors. Welcome to episode 112 by Panoramic Outdoors. I'm Sheldon Grant. Before we get going, I'd like to give a huge shout out to Jiffy Ice Augers. If you are looking to get a new ice auger for the rest of this ice season or maybe one for next winter, check out jiffyonice.com. You go on their website, you can check out all their stuff. They got gas augers, electric augers. They got some cool, like almost like ice tools, like uh, the Jiffy Torch, I believe it's called, where you can like check depths and stuff. Um, and anything that you get, you uh, you have free shipping over 100 bucks. So check them out. That's jiffyonice.com. They've been a huge supporter of Panoramic, and we, we're currently using their augers and, and, and pretty much love them. So check them out. If you have any questions, give us a ring on Instagram or Facebook or uh, email us if you have any questions or just want some feedback on it. Let us know. We'll be more than happy to help. Um, but today's episode is, like I said, episode 112, and my Good old friend Chase Dralick and myself are doing the intro, so might as well do the time. Not do the time. Might as well do the honor and welcome Chase to the intro. Yo, yeah, just us, the two amigos today. Tristan's out at the Jets game, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, no invites. <laughs> thanks for the invite. Looks like he's oh, yeah, having a blast to... drinking yeah, like beer. He... <laughs> Takes the panoramic account. Like credit card and just fucking fucks off. I know. <laughs> Makes us work. Yeah. He'll pay for it. Yeah, whatever. I'm currently um not even I can't even have a beer. I'm drinking a peach cocktail right now. Yeah. By, uh, Alan's. I, I was gonna come at you with like a, a couple five burning questions, um camp edition for you. Yeah. Work <laughs> camp edition? Yeah, work camp edition. Oh, Maybe great. not five, but like uh What's what's the what's your so if anyone that's listening right now, Shelly's up in uh in camp right now, ready to yeah. getting ready to uh, save the world again. Um Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm ready and they just haven't put me to work yet. Yeah, it's been on standby for a bit. So um what I wanna know, what's what's your favorite camp meal that you've had so far? Oh man, like that's an awesome question. They actually have really good food here. Um they have uh like a they have like a hot dinner or whatever, but for lunch is like a grab and go. And that's kind of my favorite because you can kind of like switch it up with sandwiches or whatever wraps or whatever. And they always have fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, um, you know, milk and juice or whatever you need. So that's kind of like my favorite is, is grabbing shit to go, to go to work, like grabbing lunch. Cause you can do a variety, but like for hot meals, they've had like, they've had steak and shrimp one night they had, um, you know, like different, uh, they had like uh what do they have today? It's like an East Indian dish, um, some sort of chicken with rice. Oh yeah, I like never a, had it, but like a curry huh? or something, chicken curry. Yeah, or something. yeah, it was something like that. I can't. They had a name to it, but I, I don't even think I could pronounce it. So, um, I ended up having beef lasagna and some shrimp. So that was a good supper tonight. But yeah, the food's really good. Nice, nice. And uh, secondly, what's your favorite camp drink? You're you're uh, slurping back uh, a peach seltzer there right now or something? <laughs> what yeah, you got peach, there? Peach a peach cocktail. Um, yeah, there's, uh, you know, obviously water is like sometimes more or less my favorite when it comes to being out here, but there's one that I found that's like, not like it's new, but it's like an almond chocolate milk. 
Oh yeah. So it's so apparently it's like healthier for you or whatever. Like the almond milk chocolate yeah, version. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's almond milk and it's called dark chocolate or something. But frick, is it ever good? Yeah. So I've had those I might have before to buy too. Those. Yeah. But it comes like in little. Here, I'm gonna, this is my uh, Trudeau impression. It comes in like these little box or like water, like box, drink box, water box things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a drink box, more or less, but it's not a drink box. But yeah. A juice box with milk in it, chocolate milk. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Right on. And why don't you give us a little uh, a winter report from, from the North Country there? What's, what are the conditions like? Oh, fuck, man. It is so cold up here. And, like, where this camp is located, there's, I mean, there is tree cover, but it's fairly open, like, where we're at. And it's right along, like, one of the biggest rivers in Manitoba, if not. It could be the biggest river in Manitoba. So once, like, in some of the areas that we're working, it's, like, wide open wind coming off the river. Um, but, yeah, like, every morning is, like, minus 32 to, like, 38. Like, your truck's plug in and barely start kind of idea. So it's been pretty frosty. I think the warmest we had it so far is, like, minus i don't know 22 or something so that's not bad not bad for working when you're working yeah yeah sounds like a um typical february in the north yeah which, which you is know, cold yeah and the one thing i, I like i don't want to do the wool love battery but i do want to talk about it just quickly is that i am wearing my wool love long johns and uh and uh shirts and stuff and like when you're at camp like i'm just, we're supposed to be here for like 14 days, but I think it's going to be turning into like 28 days now. Mm-hmm. So like I could do laundry, but like the stuff that I'm wearing, I've been wearing the same laundry on for seven days now and they don't stink. <laughs> I don't think unless everyone thinks I stink, but I can't smell myself. So yeah. Uh, thumbs up to Willa for that one. But Nice. Right on. Yeah. The it's, it's been a weird uh, winter for, uh, for weather, man, even down, down South here, you know, there's been a lot of snow and it's either been, it's been hard to enjoy the winter because it's either been snowing and blowing and if we had a warm day it was super windy or it's been like minus 25 to minus 35 kind of thing mm-hmm. and i was gonna i had a conversation today with um one of my secretaries about this and she kind of was saying the same thing like oh it's super weird but in my mind it's like is it really super weird or is this not how manitoba winters are supposed to be in like the last you know five years we've been kind of lucky with like very little snow Mm -hmm. i mean we've had some brutally cold winter snaps like long week periods in the last few years but in my mind this i think this is the way mantle winter should be like that's what i remember when i was like growing up there's always so much snow and it was always blowing and it was cold and yeah i I think i think it's been lucky for a while my my biggest beef with it is like there's there's no nice days to get outside with the kids like tonight i went out with the kids and it's like minus 23 here right now i think and uh i don't know we spend what 20 minutes outside then their face is frozen and you got to come inside kind of thing um so that sucks but the and the lake travel sucks for ice fishing so like you said we've been getting spoiled for the last few years and we've been lucky enough i remember this time last year um i was still numero uno stay at home dado and still taking the kids fishing once a week on lake winnipeg kind of thing right with the truck and super easy to get out there right now it's no question that i'm not even gonna attempt to get out there with the with a half ton unless we get like a, a train of people heading out so um blizzard tomorrow 75 kilometer hour winds saturday is another blizzard 10 centimeters of snow 60 kilometer hour winds and uh 
kind of there goes fishing for the week and i think it was it's just going to be ice shack and kind of thing but luckily enough we got some friends with with some tracked units and i think uh coming to the future here i think this is going to be a goal for me to try and get something with tracks on it for next year so we can you know still focus on some some good fishing and and get out there um That'll be an interesting one to try to slide by the accountant, eh? I know. I know. It'll be tough. It, it's, it'll be tricky. Chase, but did you just buy a Tahoe with tracks? <laughs> well, yeah, we have two kids. Yeah. How are we supposed to get to the arena in the morning when it's a blizzard out? <laughs> I just got to get the, the F-150 stuck a couple times on the way and should be good to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's funny. One cool thing that I did use a couple times in the app, though, is that uh, the iHunter app for traveling around the lake because I know our buddy Tyler moves his, moves, moves his ice shack around quite a bit. And, uh, you know, in those poor winter conditions, he can share his location live with us. And I know you did the one time when you were out there with him too, and you can follow right, like shows you live your direction, you're traveling and everything right to where you want to get. So that's super cool. That's a a handy tool for the ice, ice fishing season for us as well. Not just hunting season. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I don't know if I've done it yet, but I better as well mention who we have. Did I mention who we're having as a guest today? I don't think so. Okay, well, I'm just going to mention it quick here to everyone that's listening. We have a former MLB player, Cameron Rupp. He played uh, a back catcher for a diff- couple different teams, but mostly for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, grew up in Texas and played some college ball in Texas, etc. So it was super good, super good conversation. I hope you guys uh, stick along for the, or stay around for that one. Um, but Chase, I got so since you asked me a few questions, I got a few questions for you. Yes, sir. Um, um, what's the Winnipeg ice fishing been like? Like I know you guys kind of fish the river there, but you uh, you do a little bit of work um, with your day job with the with the ice fishing and you know, on Lake Winnipeg. Like, has there been any kind of report that has fishing been heating up is it kind of slow right now like what's the deal yeah it's kind of hit and miss right now i mean there's there's obviously guys that know where the fish are at and they're doing pretty good but like i said the the biggest restriction right now for most people is is a travel and today i was up at sandy bar and they have they normally have like a, a plowed road out about three miles onto the lake there which is great access great fishing up there and uh it was completely blown in and, and they didn't really know when they were going to get it back open because like the weather coming this weekend, is it worth the effort to get out there? And then, uh, I was talking to a few folks. I was over at Warner today as well. And there was maybe, I don't know, maybe eight trucks in the parking lot, which is pretty slow for, yeah. for a day at Warner's usually normally the busiest access point on Lake Winnipeg. Um, mostly track vehicles heading out there was one somebody in an suv that attempted to get out there like uh looked like a honda crv or something and it was just stuck within the first couple hundred yards out there (laughs) and uh i just kind of gave my head a shake at that but um yeah i don't know it's been it's a tough year man it's tough year for access especially like you said the last few years that we've had on lake winnipeg super tough so yeah yeah and if you guys are thinking about doing some ice fishing maybe this weekend next weekend or any other weekend before it closes here um check out Stillwater outdoors um sorry Stillwater adventures i always say outdoors just because it's panoramic outdoors i think Stillwater adventures if you go online www.stillwateradventures.ca check out what they have online They'll, you can like order anything 
um, from them and, and get it shipped just like any other like kind of e-commerce store or it like store on the internet, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. I, I really like it. They've got a discount right now for all you women that listen. Uh, DSG, which is basically made for women. I think it is made strictly for women. I believe it's on sale right now. They've got some striker gear on sale. Um, and they've got a whole bunch of different like lures and rods. Slays, I believe, are like on sale right now. So there's they're always having sales. So if there's something that you're looking for um, and you want to support a local small business, check them out first. Go there first. They might have it. Um, it's downtown Verdon. I don't know the address offhand, and I forgot to look it up before we started the intro because <laughs> I'm not the best host ever. But, yeah, stillwateradventures.com. Sorry, .ca, like I said. Right on. I'm not good. Are they carrying uh, the Mr. Buddy heaters there? Do you know? They they were, but they also have, <laughs> yeah, they also have Martin heaters. But, like, when I was there, I can't remember. If I, I know he said they were, and then I think – he said they couldn't get any more because they sold them out, so they had to grab these other ones. But oh yeah, um, yeah, Mister Buddy Heater. We've been messing around with the Mister Buddy Heaters for a little bit now, hey? Yeah, for a little bit. I've been using them forever, but we got those flexes, which seem pretty cool. I haven't I haven't lit one yet, but I'm excited to try one. Yeah, yeah. You got the uh, the Mister Buddy Junior? Or is it the Junior? or Is it just regular? And then Tristan has like the the big dual burner Mister Buddy, and then right. we got the flexes now, which are kind of cool. Um, I haven't put them to use yet though. Like I, I, I flashed them up in the house to make sure they're working and I flashed them up, both them up. And then, uh, I also those, uh, the cookers, right. Right. Which are super cool. You hook them up to the flex and you can cook right in the ice shack right off the same propane tank. So I'm pretty pumped to, to try those things out. Uh, we're going to head out this weekend, I think to the ice shack and probably try them out in the blizzard and see how they go. Yeah. The one thing I'm going to just butt in here is a lot of people like complain about how with the buddy flex, you got to like basically turn the heater off to turn your, your stove top on or whatever you want to call it, like your burner, your stove burner. Yeah. But it's just like, okay. Yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah. That might suck a little bit, but like that burner still creates a lot of heat, right? Like it's still a heat source. So, I mean, unless it's like minus 300 out, I think that you can get away for an hour and turn off your heater and turn on your, your, uh, little element or whatever yeah I, th- I think it's it's almost the exact same btu coming out of there right of so, I'm, so i'm like very excited to try that portion of it and then report back on our podcast if stupid me took me a little bit a little bit of time to figure it out and uh i didn't exactly read the rec- the directions typical typical chase style so um but we did get them get them all fired up and running and uh they definitely throw some heat man so We'll be cooking some stuff. We'll be heating some shacks, and we'll be having a grand old time out there. Yeah, I, yeah, it's gonna be exciting to use that. Um, the other thing, I guess, before we get into this podcast episode, is that we do have when is this dropping? The twentieth, and we have a sale going on in our store for a hundred or what? You spend a hundred dollars and get free shipping. Yep. How long is that sale going for? Do you know, Chase? I don't know. Did we set an end date? I don't know either. Well, let's just make the end date. Say, let's say the end of February, February twenty eighth. There it is. So you got eight days. Anybody that's listening to this podcast, go to our website if you want, and check it out. If you order anything over a hundred dollars, we'll ship it out to you for free, no matter where you live. Um, and you never know, maybe we'll throw in a few stickers or something for you too. So, uh, if you want to support our podcast, that's a great way to do it. Is uh, check out our merch and uh, go buy a coffee cup, but go buy a sweater. Who knows? There you go. 
I don't know if a lot of people know we have the coffee cups back in stock. They're a pretty sweet well, little unit. This is your time to shine. Yeah. Light them up. Coffee cups. <laughs> in stock. Well, I, meant, I meant this is the, your time to shine to tell everyone about the coffee cups. Oh, yeah. What do you want me to say? We got some sweet-ass coffee cups in there. 15 <laughs> ounces, I think. Oh, man. You know, some days we just need Tristan in here. Yeah, I know. I'm not good at <laughs> podcasting at all. So, good thing we got him. Good thing we decided to start a podcast when we suck at podcasting. Yeah. Um, um, but go ahead. I was going to say, the, the other thing that I've been using heavy this this winter so far, too, since I've got it, is the uh, Garmin Striker 7 um, SV. And picked that up at Harvester Outdoors. And Sean was actually, he didn't even have one in stock. And he's like, listen, man, I can get you one from Garmin in like probably a week and a half if you want to wait that. And anything from Garmin, boom, it's at at his front door pretty much in a week and a half, couple of weeks kind of thing. So super awesome. Um, great customer service there. And he has a whack ton of ice fishing stuff as well. And I've, I've been using that Garmin Striker quite a bit. And I think I have it figured out now. It's been pretty awesome. And I, I can't wait to head out this spring and put it to use you know it's got some mapping features on it it's got the side view imaging and it has some really cool stuff that i've, I've never even used before so super pumped check it out if you want to get hooked up with some good fishing gear in the inner lake area here south inner lake 506 mercy street harvester outdoors and just a reminder all proceeds from their bait sales are going to the children's hospital this winter so Pretty awesome right there. Uh, that was, you know what? That little ad read was way better than mine. You just shoved it up my hoop because uh, you knew the address. I didn't know the address, and I still don't know. I didn't look it up yet for uh, Stillwater Adventures. So um, anyways, another question. I have one more question. I might have a million questions. Who knows? But have you been watching the Olympics at all? I haven't, no. Oh. It's just um, I haven't really been watching too much of it, but I was watching uh, the, like the ski jump. Or no, sorry, it was snowboarding. They're like jumping like that huge jump. I don't know what it's called, like freestyle maybe or something. Mm-hmm. They do those wicked jumps. Um, and then I also tuned into a little bit of speed skating. And then I tuned into the to the women's hockey the other night. Congratulations to Team Canada. They beat the U.S. So nice. double thumbs up from us, Panoramic. for uh, You know, it, it's pretty cool because I think there's a lot of people waiting a long time for the, the two, you know, best hockey clubs and women's hockey like for country wise to to face off a, a, and you know see who is better right and obviously canada won that one so mm-hmm. hats off to them congratulations and and job well done i haven't been watching the olympics but um shout out to sean white who's like 35 years old or 36 years old and this is obviously his last olympics and still throwing Why down obvious getting getting uh third place in the Why is that obvious? I don't know because it's because he's old <laughs> for an Olympian. I think yeah, I don't know. And, but, you, but I I would think that like a forty year old could snowboard just as good. Just about. He's giving me some hope. I still got a couple of years to catch him, <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe hit it hard. Yeah. Have you ever snowboarded before? Oh yeah. Nice okay. Oh yeah. Like Spring Hill, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> See the size of that thing? The floodway buddy yeah <laughs> Woo. i remember when i first started snowboarding and uh snowboarded at minidos at their little ski resort there a few times and i sucked and uh, yeah i really sucked and then i went out west 
and like ski Jasper or snowboarded in Jasper and stuff. And because their runs are so big, obviously, and like very wide and stuff, you, you yeah. really get to practice. And after like two runs or like a run, probably after one run, I was like finally like decent enough. I could like basically do everything like rookie level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nice. Like I wasn't like jumping anything or like, <laughs> I don't know what you call them, doing rails. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too young to be doing rails, so. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of like the the baby moose out there, like I do in a lot of uh, athletics, because I got really scrawny legs and I'm super tall, so um, still had a lot of fun. But I didn't didn't hit the mountains, haven't yet. Uh, that's on the bucket list. But I I just uh, kind of had me thinking. I remember a few few years ago looking at the watching like a video. I think it was Sean White, his his like one of his workout routines. And he was on like a one of those like a stationary bike, yeah. But it it didn't have a seat on it, and he was like standing up, juggling balls on a stationary bike, you know. Oh, and wow. like, have you ever tried just like standing up and pedaling a stationary bike? Bike is hard as fuck <laughs> to like keep a good rhythm going. You know what I mean? Well, no, I think that would be easy, like the easiest thing ever. Stand up and pedal a bike, like a stationary bike. No, I know what you're saying. Stop. Have you ever been to the gym? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, shots fired! But I do know how to juggle. So nice. Me do you too. know how to juggle? Yeah. No, you don't. Two clowns right here. I used to juggle every day before hockey. You played hockey. Yes. <laughs> what? Hey, like house league? When that was seven? that was that was the the big debate when I got out of high school. What do I want to do? Be a helicopter pilot or go play in the NHL? And... <laughs> Look how that worked out for me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Anyways, let's wrap this should... up. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Hey, everyone. More exciting news coming out of Wool Love. They've got a new sister company called North Wool Apparel. North Wool builds on the advantages of the 100% merino wool base layers from Wool Love, and it adds in the flexibility and durability of spandex to create a premium mid-layer that will keep you warm, comfortable, and odorless so you can squeeze out those extra, that extra time out in the ice, winter camping, hiking, doing whatever you love to do in the wintertime. All of us at Panoramic have been wearing this stuff for over a year now, and we love it. So they got two cool new garments in with the Northwall sister company. They got a men's quarter zip-up hoodie, and they also got some women's leggings. So if you're looking for something to, uh, you know, maybe that mid-layer garment, you should check out Wool Love. That's wool.love check out Northwall. And right now you can use Panoramic 10 for $10 off your first purchase. It's available on Amazon and through the website, like I said, www.wool.love and just look for the Northwall project. The promo code is only valid with the Wool Love site. So please check them out. That's wool.love or check out their Instagram. We'll just wait for Chase to give us the go. We're rolling, man. Let's do it. Right on. So this is a very exciting podcast. I might say this all the time, but this time I actually mean it. We've got our first, major, uh, I guess, retired Major League Baseball player. Welcome yeah. to the show, Cameron Rupp. Oh, thank you, guys. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Right on. It's it's kind of cool because we uh, we started this podcast a few years ago, and when we first started, we started kind of like coming up with like a business kind of idea when it comes to the podcast. One of the things we always said is we want to get like all walks of life, like you know, ex-athletes, you know, artists and stuff that are, they're doing the outdoors. And so it's really cool because you're our first uh, baseball player now. So, so thanks a lot for coming on. 
Yeah, man, I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to uh, to talk with you guys. Cam, Fair Cam, where are, you, where are you tuning in from tonight, buddy? I'm in Archer City, Texas, a little small town southwest of Wichita Falls. Um, it's a town. It's got. It doesn't even have a stoplight in it. It's got a four way stop to drive nice. through. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm I just uh, following your Instagram there a little bit too, and I'm going to deviate a little bit here from our typical uh, map of the podcast. But it looks like you're getting a little taste of Canada down there with um, some white stuff, ice. Ice and snow, yes. And let me tell you, we do not do well down here when that <laughs> stuff comes out. It, it, today, I think the high got up in in, in the is like fifteen or sixteen, and but the wind was blowing, and I had to be out in it all morning. No kidding. And let me tell you, so I is, don't have I don't have gear for that. Yeah, so that's right. not typical for your your uh, area in Texas. There, no, well, we get some snow we get a little bit we get cold yeah. we get the wind but not that much yeah i was it, uh it's good for once a year yeah <laughs> i was cruising down through the like uh northern texas there i guess um a few years ago and uh we rolled into i think it was tucum carry new mexico that sound mm -hmm. right uh, and maybe and uh <laughs> New Mexico is not really my my area. Yeah. Anyways, it was dark when he rolled in, and uh, we 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 uh, spent the night hotel, got up, and got rolling in the morning in the daylight. And I couldn't believe there was snow all over the place. I was like, Oh, New Mexico is the high, that's a really really high elevation. Yeah. And uh, you get up there in those mountains, and it, it's a really pretty country out there, though. Yeah, it was it was amazing driving across all the states and just seeing seeing the the difference compared to what I'm used to up here. But um, let's not deviate from from the plan here anymore, Sheldon. I know you're waiting yeah. for a few uh, burning questions oh, man, for, for Cam here. I'm just itching, <laughs> Cameron. What we do on our podcast to get you know our listeners maybe to you know be more comfortable with our guests or etc. We do something called five burning questions. So they're like kind of just random questions. They could come from anywhere. You can answer them any way you want, yes or no, or you can you can do the long version and tell us the story about it. But okay. my first, so if you're ready to go, my there's five of them. So my first question is, if you had one last meal, what would it be, and what would you have to drink with it? One last meal, uh, pizza. Nice. Pizza and a beer. I mean, or what? That's that's my comfort food to drink. Probably have a. Oh man, I'm a big bourbon guy, and. Uh, I'm I'm not one of those. I, I I have had all kinds of bourbon from Kentucky Deluxe to the some very nice bourbons, but I am a huge Jack Daniels fan. Like that nice. is my just plain go to. I, if I can't make a decision, Jack Daniels. Yeah, yeah. right on. Uh, my second question. Um, I call this "fuck you" money, but um, when I, for instance, so I'll give you an example. When I got my journeyman's ticket. Um, I went out and bought myself a new pickup for basically like, good job, good for you. Here's your new truck. And when you did that, you know, playing baseball or doing whatever, did you ever come to the point where like, man, I'm going to treat myself? Yeah. I used to have this kind of, you know, when we're on the road, we get meal money, right? Right. And it was a hundred dollars a day. And so you go on these 10 game road trips and you get a wad of cash for 10 days. And I, Oh, I picked one game where I was like, I will spend 
all of that money on a meal. If I, whenever, whatever game, how like the best game of that 10 day road trip and I'll, you know, you bet on yourself. So if it's the first night, like, boom, here we go. We got it. Like, yeah, I'll spend that money and I got nothing left. <laughs> that was one thing I did when I was playing is, is during road trips, I'd take that money that we got. If I didn't lose it on the plane or something, playing cards, you know, yeah, <laughs> that nice. would be the, that would be, that was what I did. I always found a nice steakhouse and I went and just kind of splurged on that. That's cool. I, I like that too. I love food. So that's right up my alley. Um, my third question, um, being in the professional sport world for, for the time you were, were you ever star starstruck by somebody like a colleague or, or an opponent or even just like out and about in town or whatever? Um, yeah, that I've still like, I got to play, um, in Philadelphia for six years and my, my rookie year, my first three seasons, it was still the core of that 2008 world series team with Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, uh, Ryan Howard. And then you, you got to throw in Cliff Lee, Roy Halladay, um, Carlos Ruiz and on and on and on and on. And I got to play with those guys. So being in a clubhouse with them every day, I was for my first year, I was just like, make sure I didn't say the wrong thing. You know, these guys pissed them off. They didn't want to be my friend anymore. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then we went, uh, when we went to New York and played the Yankees, Derek Jeter, like when he, when I was catching and he came to the dish, I was just like, I, I mean, I just, I just looked up at him and I'm like, I mean, this is a captain, Mr. America, New York Yankees in Yankee stadium. Like it was a really cool moment just because this is a guy I've grown up. Oh, I, he got to the big leagues when I was seven years old and one, you know, I'm watching the Yankees on TV, winning these world series. And I'm like, and now all of a sudden I'm in the batter's box with him. And yeah. Yankee Stadium in his home and his stomping grounds, and I—that was for me one of the like, oh my gosh, moments, and and kind of like pinch yourself and, whoa, where am I? <laughs> it's a yeah. little surreal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of just every kid that grows up playing the game. It's and you get to that moment, you're holy smokes. Yeah, that's super cool. It puts a smile on my face. I've I've yet to have that moment. I think in my life, but. I think eventually I'll, I'll run into someone and I'll be like, holy shit, that's, you know, so-and-so, you know? Yeah. Um, so my fourth question is nicknames. Do you have a nickname that you'd like to uh, put on the air? Or, or even if you don't, do you is, was there a good nickname through professional sports that you had a good chuckle about? Uh, no, not in professional sports. Um, in college, <laughs> I got – Here we go. The when when I got to college, my uh, our assistant coach, he nicknamed me Donkey Kong, <laughs> and and I I was like, and so and then it, instead of saying Donkey Kong, it just turned into Donkey, and that's how everybody referred to me, all over the place. It went from Donkey Kong to Donkey, and then I I never forget this is when. We were playing in the World Series in 09, and they – and somebody told me about this. They, you know, they put your name, and in and, and college they kind of do – they put a different stat or – and the nickname, it just said Donkey. And I, I think it was Kyle Peterson goes, 
well, I'm not going to ask any more questions about that nickname. I think I figured it out. <laughs> and, uh, and I just was, when somebody told me about that, I probably turned beet red and <laughs> I didn't know what to say to it, but college it, or I mean, uh, pro ball, it was everybody just cami ruppy rupper. It just added an ER or a Y to your name yeah. and, and went along with it. Nice. Yeah, it seems to be with uh, – we've had a few other ex-athletes like, from the NHL and stuff like that, and that seems to be a common one. It's just throwing a wire at the end of the name and yeah. that's your nickname. But uh, So my fifth question, and then you're done, the five burning questions, is uh, you are a hunter. Um, do you have a weapon of choice when you go hunting? Yeah. Um, I've got it actually sitting right next to me. Uh, it's a it's a 6.5 Creedmoor. Uh nice. It's a AR-10 semi-automatic 65 Creedmoor with a suppressor on. Right on. Nice. Well, you made it, man. You made it through the five burning questions. That was pretty uh, painless. No, you know, if you knew me a little bit better, I have heartburn, and that five burning questions made them my heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about all those $1,000 meals you had uh, yeah, back the, in the day. All the, all the red meat and, and bourbon. Yeah. It was all burning. <laughs> right on. So I guess basically we'll kind of get into more of the chit chat type of the podcast, but I guess how I would like to start out is like, well, actually first I got a question before we start is like, we're from Canada. We don't know too many like baseball players or I don't know any baseball player that ever made it to the show, but can you explain like what a clubhouse is? Like, I mean, I always hear it. I've never like seen video of it. Like, is it just like a, basically a big like man cave or, or what is a clubhouse in the, in the show? Well, so it, it's it's like a man's sanctuary, a right. player's sanctuary, right? Like like you said, you never seen any videos of it. You never seen pictures or what goes on in the clubhouse because that is everything that we do essentially is put out there, right? right. And so and it's kind of like an unwritten rule. You don't go into it. Just doesn't get pictures aren't taken unless you're in your locker doing an interview or any of those things, but, um, Philadelphia, our, our clubhouse, it was, you know, it's a bunch of lockers, right. And it's kind of, it was a football shape. Um, you had your kitchen, um, with a bunch of, you know, you had tables and then you had your training room, you had your, um, what they call the, you know, the jacuzzi room with your cold tub, your hot tubs and that, and then you had your weight room. And really, it's just is a place where, I mean, you spend. You think about it. You, it's seven o'clock game, guys get there about between one thirty and two to two thirty, right in that hour. You don't leave that clubhouse till eleven thirty. So you're spending more time there. You know, after games, before games, getting ready, preparing. You want that place to be comfortable. I know since I've been gone and out of the game, a lot of clubhouses have upgraded um they all now have like these real big like nap rooms and stuff i mean just for you have these relaxation rooms massage rooms and all this every you know it's all getting to like you know be more taken care of take care of the player type deal right um but it's really i mean it when you put it yes it is a big man cake really uh we have big tvs all over there's always um uh, like the game, the, the, during the day, obviously there's not, unless it's a Saturday or a mid, you know, 
Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, it's there's really no day games. So throughout the day, you'd be watching on one TV would have the opponent's pitcher that's pitching that night. And then the other one, it'll have the opponent's hitters that the pitchers are going to be facing. Right. So those will just stream all day and roll. So you get to watch guys at bats or if you've played, if we played against that team before when they were in our division, it was everybody that's faced that guy and vice versa. When pitchers have faced their hitters, it was showing them how we got them out or what they did or, um, and uh, I mean, but it's really just a place where we go and we spend our time, we get ready, we prepare for, for our job. It's it's our office essentially when we're not on the field. Right. That's sweet. And if you would have told me uh, like 20 years ago that there was a nap room in the, in the clubhouse, I think I would have tried a little harder at, at baseball oh to try and make the show. <laughs> they didn't have them when I was playing. When I was in the big leagues, there, there was no, there was Jonathan Papelbon bought one of those huge massage chairs, you know, yeah. with the big remote and, he put it in this one room and it probably wasn't eight feet by four feet. And it's just a closet that this chair fit in. So he can go sit in there and, <laughs> and chill out and take his, that's where he took his naps. That's cool. Nice. I guess I, I didn't really think about like the whole pregame prep stuff and how you guys spend like uh, a, a good portion of your time in there. Um, what I'm curious, what kind of like, uh, did you have like a pregame meal that that was your go-to kind of thing, or like what was food prep, or did did guys just like bring takeout, or um, how does that work? Me, before a game, I never ate heavy. Uh, like between, I would usually eat. I'd get back from BP about five o'clock, and I'd have to be back on the field at six thirty. So about five fifteen or so, I would go eat, and I would get something light, like some pro, like chicken breast. And some kind of carb, potato, sweet potato. Um, it wouldn't be heavy because I didn't. I hated feeling full, mm-hmm. and it. I'm slow enough as it is. I didn't need to be any slower, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I and, and so that was one of the things is I always made sure I at least like wasn't starving, but I could drink a protein shake or something during the game if I ever got where I felt weak or I needed a little bit of something of to fill me up yeah take the edge off mm-hmm. exactly sweet um so moving forward i guess basically how i wanted to start out even though we're going down every rabbit hole which is super fun i love doing that talk about a whole bunch of different stuff but i had to ask the question with the clubhouse because it's something that i always always wondered um yeah. but for you you know growing up you went to you, you know you played played with texas the longhorns but like getting to that before getting to that what was like um growing up like for you like was it a lot of times in the field like i know you you like hunting and, and doing all that stuff like were you hunting and fishing and playing ball playing other sports was it really busy or were you kind of very focused to get to get to that college level first i was busy man i was i played football from the time i was 10 years old 11 years old maybe even younger i played football all the way through high school um i had opportunities to go play football in college but i was I was kind of a guy that was in between positions and size. I wasn't big enough to be a defensive lineman and I wasn't fast enough to be a linebacker at the next level. Right. I could have gone and played, but there, my future was baseball. Uh, but that never stopped me from playing. I, 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 I'm a huge believer that play everything, 
Mm-hmm. Right. Play it all. Don't when you're 10, 11 years old. Oh, I only play baseball now. I got to focus on that. No, no, no. The, the biggest, there's no 11 year old that's going to make the big leagues tomorrow. There's no 12, 13 year old, like play it all because right. you're going to, if you sit there and you go play these 12 year olds that are playing 75, 80 games year round, like you're going to get burnt out. You do. Like it, it just, I got burnt out in the big leagues. Like by, by the time that off season hit, I was like, whew, I'm, I need a break. Mm-hmm. Right. I need a, I need my break to get to, to find my love game, love again for it. Like baseball is a very, very hard sport. It's a game of failure with very little success and it's hard. And so the more people sit and they focus on one thing, one thing, one thing, one sport, and the more they fail, the more they fail, the more they fail, the harder it is for them to see the silver lining in it mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, I went one for four today. Well, I need to be better. I need be- Well, you did better than you did the last week. So yeah, let's yeah. take a step in the right direction instead of like, oh, I need three hits today or any people focus on the future of the game and what it brings when they don't understand that you've got to, it's a step at a time. And I, football for me was my escape from it. And so I got, I didn't, when it was football season, I did not pick up a baseball, but once right. football ended, then it was time to go. And my dad was a huge, he was a huge help for me because he played. He played at the professional level for a little bit before he got hurt. And uh, and so I was able to learn from him. And I got drafted out of high school, but didn't sign because partly it was him. But I knew, well, I knew what it was, had an idea what it was like. And going into that, I was not going to take that chance of, being an eighteen-year-old, being in a, I would have been a, somewhere up in the Northeast because I was drafted by Pittsburgh. I would have been uh, on eighteen-hour bus rides as an eighteen-year-old. You're just with a bunch of guys you don't know, right? And so I knew going into college was going to help me get away from home, learn to be on my own, learn to, and and it worked out for the best. Um, and I, I mean, that was that was my journey. I mean. When it came, I was busy, busy playing football, baseball, played basketball a little bit, but I wasn't very good at that. So I tossed that <laughs> to the side. Still not very good at it. But, and then as far as the outdoors, um, I've always been huge into outdoors. I was, uh, when I was younger, because I <clears throat> I didn't, my, neither one of my parents were outdoors. And I don't know where I got it from, but um, I fished all the time when I was a kid. I'd go freshwater. We had, little ponds in our neighborhood just go fish catch bluegill bass you know nice me and my that was the kind of thing my brother and i did together and then uh as i got older i think oh i'd say 16 i had a buddy that uh owned a ranch i would go out and spend some time out of his ranch and then the ranch i'm working for now is my best friend his family has i guess now it's it just got the ranch just got split it was nine thousand acres now his family's his family's portion is 4500 and i started coming out here my late years of high school and that's when i got into hunting and uh being kind of outdoors a little bit more that's super cool and like kind of goes into like the next part of what i want to talk about like because you after like high school ball you um 
or you went and played in for the Texas Longhorns, right? Um, so is that like, and like you said, that's like when you kind of started hunting and stuff, but did you, did you ever lose like the hunting and fishing side of it when you started actually playing like, like college ball, for instance, because I just think about it. Like when I, I know this is kind of, um, potatoes to apples here, but like when I was playing hockey, for instance, up in Canada and, you know, you start getting up into these bigger leagues and hockey is like basically the same time as our like whitetail season and our hunting seasons that I couldn't go out with my old man and go hunting and stuff. I almost had to put that aside, but did you ever find that time to still get outside and, uh, get out there and reflect and do some hunting or fishing? So, yeah. Um, baseball season is perfect because deer season is not during baseball. season. Yeah. So we're able so from October 1st to the first weekend of January, there's no baseball unless you're in the playoffs. Uh, you know, that's so it was perfect for me when baseball season. Now it's college. We were, you know, I was in school. Um, we still had Christmas break where I'd get to go a little bit. Um, the one I did miss out on was dove hunting birds. Um, excuse me, that the September 1st through really the, I think it's six weeks bird season uh for uh dove and and that's one of my favorites and that's one thing i used to do with my little brother and we do a lot um and, and once baseball kind of took over my life i didn't get that opportunity anymore a little shift in the tides always happens yes. yeah yeah you gotta you kind of it, it's unfortunate you get to the point where you're doing all this and then all of a sudden you know my brother is younger than me so he was still getting to do it but it it just wasn't the same yeah. without me and with him it just it just feels different but it's also the growing up you know that's just that's just part of it life changes man life does change yeah i don't who, who said growing up who, i i look back now and I, i'm like and i used to say i wanted to grow up and i wanted to <laughs> i want to go back to being a little kid yeah no kidding me too yeah me too <laughs> Right on. So then, you know, doing some, doing your college ball, then you, from there you went and started playing in, um, did you go from college right to the MLB? No, I was drafted uh, in the, in the third round by Philadelphia in 2010. And I didn't get to the big leagues until uh, 2013. Okay. Right on. So I spent, a, I spent three years or so in the minor leagues. Uh, and I, I went through every level I played from i played in the levels that aren't even levels anymore they took they're gone they took yeah. those out <laughs> right nice so that's and, that, and that's kind of like where i kind of want to lead to next is like once once you got into the to the big leagues i mean there's lots of you know just like we were talking about with um like what we're talking about with the clubhouse like there's lots of eyes on you you're always in the spotlight there's always people watching did you ever use the outdoors to escape you ever use the outdoors or go fish and like when you're on the road, just like sneak away and go to some Creek. Like, did you ever find yourself doing that to try to just like a little bit of mental health and so self love, I guess. Spring training for me was that was when I had the opportunity to kind of get away more outdoors. Um, we were down in Florida. I get, um, I lived on the beach a few years and then, but there was a couple of years that I had an apartments an apartment that backed up to just a little tank, the stock tank. And I got to, after every workout, if I, you know, I live by myself, I just go fish. I, I get, it'd be my getaway, just go relax and 
and get out and take a break from from the day. I mean, spring training days go from 7 a.m. to 4 in the afternoon when you when the game's starting, and it's just a steady go. And it is a workout, 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 workout. And um, that doesn't even include, you know, what you do before the workout starts. And uh, and so those those days, like, you go find – you find your time to – to get outside, um, go fish, just go on a walk, whatever. Um, but just find time to relax. And then as the season went on, breakfast was my getaway. Every morning, <laughs> every morning I got up, I had my, I, I didn't sleep past nine o'clock and I was out and I had four places when I was in, the, in Philadelphia that I would go eat. And it, I just rotated and I would stay there from, 9 30 till 11 30 and I, I mean it would just be my coffee i'd read i'd do a crossword and that was my time to just like every now and then i go with a teammate but that was my time where i would go talk to my dad or catch up with a buddy or go over what i did the night before um and it, it was really important to me to go because i'm not one to let something i, I hated a snowball effect where I let last night's performance go into the next night and next night. And so I felt like my time to go was sit down, clear it out, talk to whoever I needed to talk to, to get it out or just sit there and forget about it. That was the, that was the big part. And, and it's, it's not easy to forget when you go out and you play like shit the next night and you think that, well, my job might be on the line now. You know, because that's a constant of what have you done for me lately game. And you got to keep up. You got to stay up. You got to stay healthy. You got to stay. So it was always what do I need to do to better myself the next day? Right. It's a good way to hit the reset button. Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That That's the that's And it is a hard thing to do. It's hard to find that reset button and go and say, okay, how am I going to forget about it? it's you and it, it's a trial and error deal because it's never going to be the same thing over and over and over you're going to fry yourself out of one of them. yeah yeah the thing is too like you see it a lot too in sports too where guys just you know they they get in a bad rut and you know you're sitting at or the viewers are sitting at home on the couch saying you know what's going on with this guy what's he doing why is it why is he playing his game and then you know you just get you get stuck you know stuck in a rut looks like we Oh, Cam stuck in uh... <laughs> Cam stuck in cyberspace. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know exactly know where we, lo- uh, we left off there. We had a little bit of a pardon the interruption. The internet quit there in Texas. So there must be all that ice down there. But it, I guess you know what? Last year when we had we had the what we called Snowmageddon or Snowvid or something, we got Snowvid thirteen inches of snow out here. And didn't have power for three or four days. Yeah, you guys I mean, were in rough shape down there. Yeah, it was terrible. And it was two weeks. It'll be a year. Two weeks from today. And we had last night, yesterday, around, I'd say, noon yesterday, it started sleeting real, real bad. And then it snowed overnight. Hmm. Yeah, and we we're, we're supposed to touch base with you here last week or the week before too and you you got the, the same deal happened. Jet, yeah. It wasn't near as bad, but we had we had some cattle get sick and so I was going to be I didn't know what time we'd be finishing 
doctoring calves and and making sure everything i'd be out horseback in this stuff and it was you know 15 20 degrees and it's not fun yeah no kidding yeah. glad we, we we didn't have to do that today that that's okay two things that still kind of boggles my mind about you and you're obviously built different than i am because i'm you're six two and two i don't know what weight you are two I'm not, I don't even know what I'm, I'm not what I'm not what that thing says now. I promise you that. I think it was saying 220 or 230 or something like that when you're on the. <laughs> yeah, when I was in college, you must have got my college, my college body. I can't remember what I was seeing, but anyways, I'm like <laughs> I'm like six three, six four, and I'm like two thirds legs anyway. So built built more of like a stick man, but man, I could not imagine spending a baseball game as a bat catcher crouched down like that, and. uh I just don't think I'm built for horses really either. Otherwise I like, I like the, the thought of being on a horse, but I don't know uh, how I'd feel about cruising around, around on one all day. Oh, I've spent many, I've spent in the last, I, so this is my second year doing this. I'm going on about a little over two years now. And uh, I've, I grew up, I've, I didn't grow up doing this, um, but I grew up loving horses, riding, um, I learned how to rope, I guess. I had a buddy that, that uh, he was a, a team roper in the rodeo and uh, went to, to basically the World Series of Rodeos in Vegas. Um, and as a kid I grew up with, and and we stayed in touch. We And he was like, man, come out to my arena and come rope and learn how to do it. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm jumping on board. So I went and did that and then um, kind of – lost touch with him for a couple of years and then came out here to to help my buddy when he got his cattle company started he was like hey you want to i'm what do you want to you want to what are you doing now you're done playing like well i don't know i'm i don't know what i'm gonna do and i just started going back to school and now i get to help run his cattle company and uh and and i've learned i've spent 7 a.m to 7 p.m on the back of a horse Nice. I didn't think I could do that, but no kidding. I had so, to learn. We're, we're kind of That's jumping insane. ahead of uh, of ourselves here, I think, a little bit. But I am interested in like the – so you didn't really have a – did you have a game plan coming out of the major leagues? I had no well, – the only thing I knew I was going to do was go back to school. Um, I made that promise to my mom and dad when I was – when I got drafted and they were like, just promise me you'll go back and finish and get your degree. And mm-hmm. I was like – Okay, I'll do that. Now, I did not know it would be this. I I didn't know it would be this quick that I'd be doing it. And I say be this quick. I mean, I played for eleven years, and um, it seems like a long time, but it went like that. Mm-hmm. It was the fastest eleven years of my life. Um, some of the best years. Um, but I didn't. When I got out, I didn't. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know. Um, you know, I, and so when I came out here and started hanging out with my buddy and learning a little bit of this cattle business, you know, I was like, he's like, well, you want to work for me? You want to help? Sure. Why not? I got nothing else to do. Why not? Mm-hmm. So that, that's just kind of how it came about. Nice. Yeah. That's kind of, uh, it's, it's actually a pretty cool story. And I was kind of going to go on Chase's coattails about like kind of when it all, when it ended for you in the major league, but like, what was that like to transition? Like, when did you finally know it's like enough is enough? Like, I'm going to go and do something else. After the COVID year, 
2020, I was in Cleveland, and I made their JV team, <laughs> their right. taxi squad, their practice squad team. And and I'm sure a little bit of it was um, – a little bit of it was the circumstances, right? We were in a – the whole world was in a situation nobody knew what to do. And so baseball kind of got shut down. I was already kind of on the fence of playing that year because I the last from 2018 and the 2019 season I was in seven different organizations Whew. and it was not fun. That's it a just, lot of moving. It, it was. I mean, it was every. I mean, I went <clears throat> middle of spring training in 2019. I went from uh, the Giants to the Tigers. I went from Arizona to Florida. And then I went up to Toledo, Ohio and AAA with them. Then I got released and went to or, uh that year. This is in 19. I went uh, to Oakland, to Las Vegas for four months and played AAA there. But the year before that, I started out in Philadelphia, got released, signed with Texas, took my out when they weren't going to call me up to the big leagues. And, um, Went to Rochester, New York, which is the worst place in America. <laughs> worst place in America. Gotham City or something like that is what I think they call it. Yeah. And uh, they released me. And then I went to Seattle, played in Tacoma, Washington. That place is just bad, though. But beautiful, beautiful place. And all that moving around, I just – it was – it takes toll on you. That's exhausting, you, man. You kind of lose – you're, I lived in hotels everywhere, on the road or when we were at home. I just stay in a hotel, and it just it gets exhausting. You know, you, you're you begin to lose. You're like, okay, I keep getting cut, but I keep getting picked up. That's a plus. So I'm still wanted, but I'm walking by the manager's office, and every every day I walk in, and I'm like, you don't need me today. Okay, thanks. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna fire me. You know, you're, you're playing, looking over your shoulder. You're not focused on what you need to be focused on. You're more worried about the results and the production, which is, yeah, it's a huge part of the game, but you're not doing your job as mm-hmm. well. When you're when you're sitting there and you're working for you're, – you're doing your job, you're not like – and your boss is right over there and you're like, he may not be paying any, any mind to what you're doing, but you think he is. So you're over there sitting there like you're worried about, oh, well, what's he looking at? What? Am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing it right? Mm-hmm. And when you're playing that way, it's just like it becomes exhausting. It it becomes a job. And and I always said when this when this game became a job to me, that's when I knew it was time. Yeah. And then 2020, I was like, one last shot. Here we go. Right. I signed with Cleveland, having a great spring training, playing well. Boom, COVID. I'm like. Okay, well, let's just see what happens. So yeah. we go, and they call me, and baseball starting back up. Okay, you're going to be on our taxi squad or our, our what JV squad, whatever they call it. Yeah. And that was literally the worst experience of baseball I've ever had. It was just I'd look, you go to the field, you work out, you do your deal, you practice, you play a two-inning scrimmage or a six-inning scrimmage. You don't uh, – play at all you got one day off a week you're getting COVID tested every day and then oh by the way when you leave here you take a meal and you go sit in your hotel room for the rest of the night can't go anywhere 
Right. Jeez. And it, it's just like, yeah. and I just, like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It's no not kidding. a, like, I just like, I, I, I drove home from Cleveland that year and I was like, told my agent, said, don't even bother trying to find me a job. If anybody calls you, tell them, nope, I'm done. I, I just, it's time to, to start this new journey, whatever it may be. And, and here I am. Yeah, no kidding. So it's likely a bit of a, a breath of fresh air once you finished that and made that decision. Yeah, yeah it was. It, it felt like, you know, I had some weight lifted off my shoulder. I can relax. I can figure out what I'm going to do with my life and mm-hmm. what I want to do going forward. Yeah. Yeah. The the crazy thing is, too, is like there's a I don't know if you've ever watched that show Yellowstone. It's a big hype. Like everyone's, oh, yeah. everyone's watched it. So I just like, now that I, now that I've seen you in person, I think of you like, you know, what's that guy's name? Is his name Rapun or no? Rip. It's Rip. Rip. Yeah, you know, how we got yeah. Rip and Rap <laughs> riding horses all day, you know? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But like, so, so you, you got done baseball and you decided to go and help your buddy on his ranch. Um, by the looks of like Instagram and some of your social media, you get, you get out hunting and fishing quite a bit. Like what? what are you thinking? Like, are you going to be a rancher now for a while? Or is this something that you love? Like, well, you, you, you just kind of yes. said like, you're going to quit baseball and you don't love it anymore. Like, do you think you'll, you'll not like ranching or, or being a cowboy or know. whatever you guys call it? I, I don't know. That's, that's just kind of a day at a time. Um, I think for me, that will be something that I always go to or go do um, permanently. I'd like to coach. Um and, and that's part of why I'm going back to school um, down here in, in Texas to be a, to be a coach at a high school. You've got to have a college degree and you have to go get your coaching certificate. And I'm, I've got a year and a half left of it and I'm finishing it and getting that over with it. And and that's something being a coach, I'll always have that opportunity to go out and be a rancher and help my buddy with his cattle and it's something it may not be a a full-time gig but i'll be able to go help when it's needed and 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 stay in it because there's there's really not a whole lot better than than a morning getting on your horse at sun up and you get to watch sunrise and you're just kind of out in the middle of nowhere it's kind of like i had my breakfast or my fishing trips in spring training or breakfast trips during during the summer like that's my getaway. That's my, my mental break, my relaxed and find that time to be to myself. That sounds pretty awesome, man. I like the sound yeah. of that. It's, yeah. it's pretty peaceful. It's quiet. Yeah. I'm super jealous, man. I've always been like a, a big, like, I don't even know how to say it without sounding cheesy, but like a big cowboy fan. You know what I mean? Like I used to love watching Westerns. I still do. And you know, all that stuff. I, I used to love going to my uncles and riding horses and doing all that stuff. And I always like want to be a cowboy. One of my really good friends, actually, he's a, he's a steer wrestler and um, was professional for quite a while until he got hurt. And like, I always just like envied his life, you know, like on the road a bit, you know, and checking out all those, like, uh, what are they called? Barrel racer girls, you know, like <laughs> going for drinks at the bars it was just like, man, that guy lives life, that cowboy. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's talking about, like, or I kind of mentioned there on social media, and she, me and Chase were looking at some pictures there, and it looked like you got a pretty sweet buck there that, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think the the one. That was this fall, wasn't it? 
No, I didn't get one this fall. Oh no, uh, it was last year. There was a uh, 168 inch, Woo, 168 holy. inch uh, whitetail. He had. Uh, I had watched him for about three weeks, three weeks, and that last year I got to do more hunting than I've done because I was I wasn't working out. I wasn't spending time in the gym getting ready for baseball season because hunting season about middle middle of hunting seasons when i really picked up baseball baseball activity throwing hitting catching drills all that stuff and i really started to so i would lose more time but i got to spend mid i mean six six days in a row out there and then i go for three more days and i sat i the place that i hunt um it's about two thousand acres um and we've got several different stands but it backs up to the largest ranch under one fence in America. Holy King Ranch? 520,000 acres. Holy. And, uh, and, and so they don't hunt a lot of that place, obviously. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's half a million acres. And, uh, and so we get our, our lease is a highway for them. They just come there, they eat, and they go on. They don't live really on our place. And I had watched him for, like I said, about three weeks, and I was like, man. And I, I kept debating whether or not he was going to be old enough, and I just was like, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> Screw it. And, like, I watched him one evening, and I always waited. I, I always try to wait until shooting lights ending you know, the last 30 minutes of it, just in case, you know, something else comes out. Cause they're going to stay there for a pretty good while. And, uh, I popped him and I mean, I jumped out of our blind. I ran to him. I was so freaking fired up. I'm calling my buddies that are on my big buck down, big buck down. I'm FaceTiming my dad and my <laughs> buddies. I'm like, look at this. And, and he had in that picture, it's hard to see. But his G2s and his G3s are both sides were forked. One oh, side is completely, they're just little nubs and uh, on one side. But he was, I mean, he got up there and I was like, he was bigger. I shot, he was probably a 120 yard shot, maybe. Nice. Not a very, not a very difficult shot, but he, he was, he, I got up to him and he was heavy. And now I got a funny story about him. He's, uh, he's hanging on on the wall at my parents lake house and i had taken him to get i we eat anything i kill i eat it right, right. i don't unless it's you know a varmint that's the way to do it man mm-hmm. yeah and so we i took it to this processor and my mom and dad have come to enjoy deer meat well we were eating these deer burgers and my mom's like man these are really good they're way better than the last place you took them yada yada and I get a text message one day and I get, for whatever reason, this dawned on my mom a year later after. And she's like, Hey, all that deer meat that I really liked, is that from the deer you shot? And I was like, (laughs) mom, yes, yes, it is. (laughs) And it turns out she was sitting there with my dad and a couple of their friends on the couch, and I think they they had to have had some cocktails that night or something. <laughs> and my dad, my dad goes, 
or when my mom said, was telling her friends and my dad goes, well, well, tell him thank you. And my mom kind of looked like, what? Tell him thank you. He's hanging up right there. <laughs> and my mom just looked and was like, Mm-mm, I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. And so that that was, I got a text message. And when I heard that story, I just died laughing. That was a, that was a real good one. That's awesome. I'm I'm kind of curious too. You're talking about you were sitting in a stand and they're coming out. Do you guys down in Texas? Do you guys use bait down there? Uh, we have feeders. We okay. Have corn feeders. Nice. Um, but we also have a lot of wheat fields. Okay. Wheat fields that uh, that we hunt on, but we do have we have feeders. Yeah, you do bait them, but yeah. I mean, you still you know you you hunt responsibly and you manage what you hunt. You know you. You're not killing a two-year-old. You're killing the mature buck. That's he is what he is. Like he's not yeah. going to get any better. He's he's served his purpose, and they're four, five plus. Mm-hmm. You try to, you know, you make mistakes. Yeah. You're, they're not easy to age sometimes from two hundred yards away or whatever. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm curious about the uh, like the the structure or like like how you choose where to hunt kind of thing because like. You said you kind of work like uh, that forty-five hundred acre ranch right now of your buddies, mm-hmm. and and um, like Texas is primarily private land, right? And there's right. not a lot of public land to hunt. Where up here, I mean, we're public land all over big. the place, right? So, right. Um, how do you get on a lease, like a two thousand acre lease? Is that is that something you're like you're scouting out before? Yeah, and being like, get, I mean, they hey, have... man, I want to hunt here. Like, can I? go ask permission or like how does that process go for you or or are you guys hunting are you able to hunt like that that uh, ranch land that you're working on too yeah absolutely um but you can they have they have websites where realtors lease them like they have like land they have real like ranch leases they have and that's how you get on them and and i joined this lease um about 10 years after they had had it and i got on it i think 2015 was the first time i got on this big land this this lease that backs up to the big ranch and uh and but they they've been on there for a while but i mean they have realtors that go out and they find you land or when when land goes up for sale um and somebody buys it there's always some they you have to do something with the hunting rights to it right Mm -hmm. like you can keep them to yourself. You don't have to lease them, but if you do, you, you publish it, you make that to where it's public knowledge. And, and if somebody wants to come pay for, you know, you can split that you only get deer season then you give somebody Turkey season, mm-hmm. give them birds or what. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's majority private land and, and it's all public information when you lease, when it's leased. Yeah, it doesn't say who's leasing, who's the leaser, but um, it, you can. It tells you if you can lease that land. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious about uh, land prices though, like the actual price, not the lease. What's what's a what's an acre of uh, like cattle well, land going? It depends for on like out here where I'm at. It's anywhere from depending on um, depends on what the land's really used for. Um, and what, what crops are on it. Uh, if it's brush, um, it can be, 
uh, anywhere from 1800 an acre to 4,000 an acre. Oh, yeah. And then you go into like where I grew up, North Dallas, kind of, um, where, where I was, where I, when I grew up, it was all pasture right now. It's all built up. I mean, there's high schools, city, it just keeps, everything keeps going North. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think now right on there, it's going like 15,000 an acre, 20,000 an acre. Oh, it's stupid. Like it's crazy. Booming. Yeah. It's wild. Um, I wanted to circle back too about this, this deer hunt still, this, this obviously monster in my, in my box, a monster buck that was shot in Texas by Mr. Cameron Rupp. But like what, what type of stands are you guys sitting in? Are they like ladder stands? Are they box blinds? Are they pretty comfortable? Box blinds. Box blinds. Um, for most of ours are on a, on a, anywhere from a 12 to 15 foot stand. Nice. Sitting up high where you, I mean, you can see along, you can see for a long way. Right. And then, nice. and then, like it's like you're saying, it's a lot of brush and stuff. Like, there's not like big, tall timber or anything. No, like no, it's no, all no. small it's brush, all, like small mesquite brush. Um, oh, yeah. We have, like, on some of our creek pastures, we have some big trees, but not not big timber. No, no, no. unfortunately, oh, that's interesting. I got a couple more hunting questions before we let you go too, because, man, I've always dreamt about going down to Texas someday. Well, first of all, I'm a Dallas Stars fan, so. I've always wanted to go down to Dallas, check out a hockey game or two, and then like be able to go like hunt hogs or do something. But you did mention something that I don't know much about is that's dove hunting. Can you maybe like run through a, like a day or morning, a day or whatever? How does dove hunting work? Like, what do you guys do? So you just kind of sit on the edge of, on the edge of fields. Um, birds kind of come in. Now birds have been really, really scarce in our part of the country right now. Uh, a lot of fire ants and, and uh pigs get them and they just they're very they're not it's all domestic usually we get birds flying south and they'll start coming through when the weather changes but lately it's been really bad Hmm. Um, but you sit you wake up you go sun up and you catch them at their flights uh and you get a limit per day you're you get a limit per hunt excuse me you can hit that limit twice in a day and it's 15 birds, okay. 15 birds. Um, and you go and you do an afternoon hunt. You go, you know, right shortly before sundown and you sit up there and you're sitting underneath the tree and you wait for them to fly over. Blast That's them. it. Smoke them again. Blast them. <laughs> yeah. So like what type of fields are you sitting like by? Like, are field, they, field. So they're going from wherever they're roosting to go and go and feed. Go and they go eat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. And what type of uh, what type of gun do you use for that? Like, what do you shoot for those? Shotgun, yeah. Shotgun. Yes, nice. bird shot, shot twelve gauge with a bird shot. Nice. And yeah, we. Use, I guess you could use uh, 12, 12 gauge, twenty gauge, sixteen gauge, uh, any shotgun, really. Right on. While we're on the topic of, of firearms here, unless you got another dove question, Sheldon. I had one more dove question. Then okay, go for dove, question. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so then you got, so you're allowed to go, um, what do you say, 15 birds a hunt, two hunts a day. And so you're sitting back. And you drinking. can limit it out twice in a day. Okay. You can limit out. So you can kill up to 30 birds in a day. Okay. <clears throat> so let's just say you're a good shot. So you have 30 birds sitting in front of you and you go home and you're having a whiskey 
what do you do with those birds? You clean them up? Do you eat those birds? Like, what do you do yeah, with them? Do you, you feed them to the dogs? You breast them you and you uh, get jalapenos. You catch jalapenos in half, wrap them in bacon, throw them Ooh, on the grill. Little popper. Nice. I like that already. Nice. I got a little popper plan this this weekend for a Shelly, so that's oh, a yeah. tur- tur- turkey popper. Ooh. Um, I'm, wild I'm, turkey? Yeah, wild turkey, yeah. Yeah, we're nice. going to do that baby up in the pit barrel, I think. Uh, Cam, I got I got a question about about your rifle though, because okay, um, obviously up in Canada here things are a little bit more strict with uh, what you can and can't have, and and like growing up, I was super like I just wanted to get a suppressor for a couple of my guns just because I thought they were super cool, and I was like, um, trying to figure out ways to do it, and, and you can do it if you got like uh. You got to get the right firearms license and da 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 da. da. It's, a, it's a headache to do mm-hmm. up here, anyways. Um, what is what is your purpose for for the suppressor down there? What are you using it for? Well, uh, I use it really. It doesn't disturb your hunt when a hog or a coyote <laughs> or some varmint comes out. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, and it might spook your animals that you're sitting there hunting, but it it doesn't. For the, I mean, for the most part, it, they it, they jump, yeah, or they, but they don't. It happens so fast. It's not going to clear them out. It doesn't clear them out, or they don't. If they do, they don't go far enough, and nothing else has happened. Mm-hmm. They come back. Yeah, you get in, get on any uh, good hog hunts down there. So I've done, <laughs> I've done some really cool hunts. Um, I got up in a <laughs> helicopter. Nice. I was going to say that. I'm like, you just giggled, and, so obviously you did something awesome. <laughs> yeah. I got up in a helicopter and have been strapped in, and you're flying over and you're blasting uh, pigs. I've also done a hunt. I've done it one time. I've done the helicopter thing one time uh, with dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is a very, very real uh, experience. And for people that that have never, I'm, I've always, and I have this saying, and it's kind of a, it's a, it's a very true statement, but it's, it's kind of a, can't be an inappropriate one, it, depending on how you take it. But I always said, you know, people bow hunt, they use knives. They said, if bows and arrows were so good, the Indians would still run this place, right? Like guns, it's just a lot easier. And it's just boom, done over with. Right. So I went out with my buddies and we took dogs and they got these pigs. You know, I don't know if you know how they do it. They get them by the ears. Mm -hmm. You got to go up there and stab them. Yeah. You got a blade. You got a knife, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I did that. And man, that first time I got my knee in this pig and I went to stab him and I gave some force and it just goes, I'm like, so I mean, I reared back and I boom, I stabbed this son of a gun, and I you know ripped his neck, killed him. But I was just like after that, and I had all this blood all over me. I was like, I'm just gonna pull the trigger from now on. It's like I'm, 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 I'm okay with just shooting from a stand or from a pickup. I'm yeah. Not a, that that was that was very very real for me in a certain sense, and I was just like, you guys want to. Have your dogs go get them. Go ahead. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'll sit back and watch you. Don't get me wrong, but I ain't getting in the middle of it no more. Yeah, that's some up close and personal stuff, man. And it's yes. uh, yeah. I I feel yeah. like as as someone who you know like 
as hunters, as we're, you know, to taking an animal's life, I feel like it's almost important to experience that at least that level of, yeah, at least once or right. twice or whatever. And mm-hmm. if people want to do that for, you know, as long as they're doing it ethically, by all means, go at it. I mean, pigs are in, invasive species all over North America. So, Holy. you know, how do we get rid of them? But, uh, but yeah, it, it definitely, uh, is an eye opener to like, you know, to get up close and personal. And, yeah. And people tell me that with bow and like bow hunting and I've, I've got a bow, I've got a bow, but I've never used it. I've, I've wanted to, I've said I've bow hunted, but I've never gotten an opportunity to kill anything. And I think that's just like, for me, it's like, I'm just going to stick with my rifle. Yeah. Yeah. From a, from an ethics standpoint, I think my rifle is definitely like. It's quick. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. It's over. It's quick. And I think about that dog hunting or not dog hunting. I, I don't know if you call it dog hunting or not hunting pigs with dogs. <clears throat> I think that's like almost as close as you can get to like caveman shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's got to be. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's they probably killed animals like that before, like bows and before anything, spears or anything. They must have dog. Like, it's got to be. That's what I think about it, anyways. Um, we have we've in the last like maybe I don't know five to ten years. Chase, you can correct me on that, but we've had a lot more pig population coming into our province in Manitoba up here in Canada. Um, I've never seen one in the wild, but like, what's a what's a big pig? Like, if you're out there ranching and you see one like what's a big big uh, hog down there they get i mean you, you get on google and start looking at some of the sizes of them you it, it'll blow your mind but anyway like the average one you'll see anywhere from 125 pounds to 350 pounds nice see and then you can get on on google and start like, yeah the records and mm-hmm. you'll see some that are six seven hundred pounds they look like freaking rhinos yeah like yeah. it's it's incredible the biggest one i've ever killed i think it was right around 320 330 pounds the, his ear was bigger than my hand Jeez. yeah like, and, and they're, they're and your hand looks tusks. like a pizza box so yeah <laughs> like they're tusks like too they're cut they're cutters they go out i mean they're every bit of you know six inches and it's like yeah they get a hold of, they're mean those things will split you open man <clears throat> they are mean and they will tear you apart yeah we got uh <laughs> i got a, a little like 150 pounder a couple years ago and it's pretty pretty tasty unit man i like that yeah, you a lot eat their back strap and it's that's that that stuff's good but, yeah. but you can't eat the big ones that's the the big ones they get all that bad meat and fat yeah sausage mm-hmm. yeah Huh. right on well i so think you're, uh, you're saying you're a dallas stars fan and yeah. uh i'm a huge hockey fan so Are you? nice oh like i like hockey more than that's my favorite sport to watch i watch the stars every night they play um so you come down to dallas i'll take you to a hockey game and i'll take you chase you're welcome too we'll, we'll go to a hockey game and i got jamie ben's a good friend of mine so oh no way that's my favorite hockey player when uh when I go, he takes care of me. So that's sweet, man. Sheldon yeah, book his cool. ticket tonight. Yeah, no kidding. I'm already on Google <laughs> looking up flights. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, cool. You know, well, you got to you got to get Canada open and let you guys come. And and uh, one of my best friends is from uh, from Vancouver, and he uh, we played together. And he uh, 
he keeps trying to get me to come up there and i'm like man you guys open up let me come up there yeah and do my thing like but not i ain't coming right now i'm not coming right now yeah yeah it's kind of kind of funny like uh was it a couple podcast episodes ago we had um this this guy named tim hunter used to play for calgary flames and he used to coach joe pavelski so he's like man you guys got to get joe pavelski on here he loves hunting and fishing and he's doing all that stuff fisherman. yeah so i mean and we told tim we're like ah that's like you know that's like next level for us like you know what i mean like joe's busy yeah. like you know but captain america captain yeah. america that's right <laughs> yeah he's a beauty yeah um, but yeah, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm uh, Chase. Maybe I'll swing it over to you if you got a couple more last ones. And uh, we'll um, yeah, I'm pretty much uh, I'm pretty happy where we're at right now, man. Um, just thanks, Cam, for taking the time out of your day to come come over and have a chat with us. I uh, yeah, I'm, really I'm enjoyed glad it, you guys man. reached out and and uh, glad we were able to make it work. And sorry for the internet delay earlier, but uh, that's fine. It's been fun, man. I enjoy it. Uh, you know, it, it's it's fun for me to get out here and share this stuff because it's you know you get it's you got a lot of people that wanna that wanna hear about it and, and always wonder and for me to be able to come on and share it with you guys and and spend a little bit of time it, it's been fun I appreciate it yeah that's super cool and like I'll just like kind of kind of echo the same thing Chase said like and kind of say some stuff that I said at the start like having you to come onto our podcast it's like a our first major league retired major league baseball player is super cool. It's um, it, it helps us out a lot. Um, we're, you know, we're from Canada. We don't get to experience the baseball or the Texas life. So we might've had a lot of questions that might seem pretty simple to you, but it's really cool to be able to reflect on, I, on those types of things. I could have the same questions for you guys about Canada, <laughs> man. Like it's, you know, y'all got moose running around on the street or what? Like, Oh, there's a dot one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, to be like, honest, I've yeah. seen, I've seen videos. I don't know where they are, yeah. but I've seen videos of moose running around on the streets. The uh, uh, the first time Sheldon and I met, we were actually in a in a town in northern Manitoba where polar bears were the were the common uh, street runners. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Polar bears. Yeah. I met Chase. Uh, I like I'm a lineman by trade, and and Chase he's a helicopter pilot, so he oh, uh, or he was a helicopter pilot, retired. Let's say. Yeah. Helicopter retired pilot helicopter and. Pilot. Uh, <laughs> So that's how we met. And yeah, we met in a town where like there's, you know, there's like polar bear watches and that's what Chase did. He lifted up polar bears with the helicopter and went and took them out back into the forest or do whatever. Right. So yeah, that's pretty cool. cool. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't uh, take up any more of your time. Thanks a lot for coming on and uh, hopefully we can get you back on in, in the future. Yeah, man. Love to. That'd be great. Right on. Thanks to Dallas. We'll go to a game and go shoot some pigs. Let's do it. Do that's the next cool. one in person. Yeah, and then, and then good, yeah, and then when you come to Vancouver, you're gonna have to swing over to Winnipeg, and we'll take you fishing or do something. We'll go do yeah, something. Cool. Hey, we we'll shoot that. some bears or something. All oh, that. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> okay, man, have a good one. All right, y'all too. All right, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast here for a while you know that iHunter has been a huge supporter of our podcast. So big thank you to them. If you don't know what iHunter is, it is a mapping app that you can have right on your phone it is the all-in-one hunting app for hunters across canada right at your fingertips we're talking map customization uh, waypoint sharing all kinds of stuff you can have at your fingertips along with all that um, you're able to access 
satellite maps and integrate different layers on your mapping platform. So they have base map platform to begin with and then they have the public land subscription that will give you all of the public land stuff and then they have a landowner subscription where you can buy landowner maps across whatever province it is that, that you're living in. Along with all that, they have up-to-date weather updates, like I said earlier, sharing and messaging uh, devices, and you can run this without any cellular service. So it has been a huge tool in our toolbox of our hunting gear, and it's helped us out in, in many ways. So um, if you don't have it yet, check it out. The base map layer is very affordable to get into and uh, you can level up from there. If you're interested in getting a discount on the public lands maps, head over to their web-based platform, web.ihunterapp.com. Use the promo code PANORAMIC30 to get yourself 30% off of the public land subscription. And uh, also check out the landowner maps while you're there. And while you're on that website, you could also transfer all your waypoints over from your old GPS onto this new platform so you have them right there for the next time you hit the field. That's web.ihunterapp.com. Now, if you don't want to go buy a cowboy hat and put a dip in after that episode, I don't know what will make you do it. But that was super fun with Cameron Rupp from all the way from Texas, probably the farthest south we've ever had a guest chase. What do you think? What do you think of that little episode? Man, I like Cameron, and uh, I got to say, after the podcast, he did invite us out a couple times, and I thought we were going to be jet set the next day, headed to uh, a Dallas <laughs> Stars game. But well, I know, and he was like, "Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm good friends with Jamie Ben." I was just like, "Oh my god, like you're you're my new best friend, Cameron. You're my new best friend." Yeah, but but yeah, it sounds like he's, he lives a pretty cool life there down there in Texas, and that was one thing I've always said, you know, for the last well, ever, forever, probably like ten years now. Is that I've always wanted to get down to Texas and check it out. Yeah. Do a little bit of cheering. I also noticed our friends over at Catch and Cooker down in Texas catching bass and shooting guns and stuff. So it even makes me want to go down there even a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Rupp, super cool dude, man. Really down to earth. And man, just seems like a dude we could hang with, you know? Oh, absolutely. Crush some beers, crush some whiskey. Yeah. And that's the thing that I like about, you know, some of these podcasts is that we we don't really know what we're like. We don't really know what to expect, you know, and then you get a guy like there that's smiling, like having a good time and talking with us about like his career in the past, what he's doing now, his hunting, like just basically talking, shooting the shit. And I think I don't know. I hope he had a good time because I, I really enjoyed myself on that one. Yeah. Well, I might have to go down there and recruit him for our slow pitch team this summer. Either way, so <laughs> yeah, let's, no let's try and make it down before the Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Hey, um, anybody that's listening or is still listening to this podcast, uh, if you're looking for a way to support Panoramic Outdoors, we really uh, appreciate if you went down to the old iTunes or Spotify, give us a rating or get, leave us a comment, tell us what you think. Only if it's positive, if it's negative, don't leave it. But uh, <laughs> it helps us out, you know, in a, in a long, long way where we can uh, get cool guests like Cameron himself. So if you ever have a second and you're bored and you want to help Panoramic out, that's one way to do it. Another way to do, like I said in the intro, is check out our, our website. Go to www.panoramicoutdoors.com. You can check all our stuff out. we got toques, hats, sweaters, T-shirts, coffee cups, um, stickers, whatever you whatever you want to get. We, we have it kind of thing. Uh, and if there's something that you're maybe buying a gift for someone you don't know exactly what their size is or anything else we also have gift cards available so check that out and another cool thing that we do have on our website is a blog and it's actually one recipe now 
which hopefully we're going to be continuing and putting more recipes on as the uh, time goes on. But check out our blog. There's a couple of good write-ups by Tristan, one by Hack. We've got a uh, actually a moose hunting one coming up here in the next little while, so look for that. And check out the recipe that Tristan put on there because it looks like it's uh, a super good meal. But, yeah, check out our website. We would appreciate that. Right on. Well, thanks Chase. for listening, folks. Chase, all I want to know is what are you, what are you going to be your final words tonight or your final little like one-liners? Oh, my final little one-liners. I got one that I was thinking of, um, and it uh, it it derives from your your camp experience, and it's don't don't forget the syrup. <laughs> don't forget the syrup. <laughs> go Canada, go! All right, folks. Thanks for listening.